Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of Jewel. Hi, Em. Okay, we're about a week out from the Kim and Pete breakup. How you doing now that the dust has settled? I think I'm doing okay. Honestly, sometimes I feel like this relationship didn't even happen at all. Doesn't it kind of feel like a fever dream a little bit? No, that's exactly what it feels like. Like sometimes I feel like I completely made this up. (laughs) I honestly think part of that is because Kim has such an active social presence and Pete has none. So since the breakup, I mean, I feel like we've lived 10 lives with Kim. She launched, let's say, two new Skims collections. She has the Beats by Dre collab. She has that whole gym photo shoot. She's throwing up shots on Kylie's yacht. You know, I feel like we've had so many adventures with Kim just in the past week. Meanwhile, it's been radio silence from Pete, and I'm sure he's also very active, but we just don't see it. So it's almost easy to kind of resume business as normal because Kim hasn't strayed from her typical schedule. Right. It's like, Kim has never been one to lay low. And I say that with zero judgment because that's just not who Kim is. Like after the Chris Humphreys divorce, after Kanye, Kim has never taken a break. There's never been a period of time in Kim's life where it's like, oh, we haven't seen Kim out in the public except for, of course, after the Paris robbery, which was an entirely different circumstance. But I think that a lot of times with celebrities, especially after these really big public breakups, You take a couple of weeks and you haven't seen that celebrity or every time they go out in public, it's like such a big deal. Kim has been without change, everything posting as usual, everything spotting as usual. And so it's almost like it's almost like gaslighting yourself into like, wait, was she ever dating him in the first place? That's exactly it. Laying low is not something she has any interest in ever doing. And that's why a Kim spotting is never going to feel like a big deal because a far bigger deal would be a non-Kim spotting. I mean, inactivity would actually be more alarming than constant posting. It's also radio silence from both of them. After such a spoken about, discussed, overanalyzed relationship that took up probably every minute of our day for the past nine months or however long they were dating... 
for neither of them to acknowledge it to the public in any way, shape or form is like, wait, did you guys think that like we weren't a part of this? Like you guys think that we shouldn't have any sort of answers following this? Well, honestly, I know this is not how you and I feel at all, but if you are someone that believed this entire relationship was totally a PR stunt for whatever reason, whether it was a Chloe surrogacy thing, whether it was a Kanye thing, whether it was a mutual career improvement thing, whatever reason you want to believe, the complete radio silence and lack of acknowledgement probably only feeds your theory. Because if you're someone who's in that camp, it's like, yeah, why would they ever acknowledge something that never existed? Again, that is not how I feel at all. I don't think it's atypical that they haven't acknowledged it. I think maybe I was expecting a little bit of a statement from Kim. Wasn't really expecting anything from Pete unless he was doing press for his movie and there was a question there. But I do think that the complete silence only feeds that theory. The only way that I could have seen this being addressed to the public is actually through Pete and not Kim, where I could have seen Pete putting out a statement through his friend whose Instagram he kind of uses as his own, maybe even in response to the rumors about him being in trauma therapy, like very quick and short, like the relationship with Kim has come to an end. He'll always value it. He feels really lucky. Like it ends with a lot of mutual respect and he's just taking time to focus on himself. Like something really, really minor like that, but that spoke to the public. See, I can't see a world in which one of them acknowledged it and the other one didn't if it was in that type of way. If they were in an interview and they were asked about it, you know, and it was the type of thing where it was a live red carpet interview, for example, and they could invent the questions ahead of time, maybe that's a circumstance where I see one party addressing it and the other not. I think if there's any sort of a formal like statement release, it's going to have to be mutual. Think about it from Kim's perspective for a second. I don't think she's going to be the one to speak so kindly about a situation knowing it wouldn't be reciprocated. I think that she would think too much about how that would be received. I also think Kim feels no need to speak on anything because she knows that eventually it will be discussed. It'll either be addressed in the next season of Kardashians or it will be addressed sometime during an interview when Kim is promoting something else. Yeah, that's the thing. They really do have such a safety net in terms of the show because it provides them with almost this built-in grace period where I think they in their minds don't feel as though they're betraying their most loyal fans or not giving them an answer because they know that the fans know that one day it will be addressed in the most behind the scenes way possible. It's, you know, a luxury that I would say 99.9% of A-list celebrities don't have and don't want, by the way, but it's very much something that Kim wants because it's the most control of a narrative you could ever have. Right. It's all about controlling the narrative. And even if it's not anything bad where you feel like the narrative needs to be controlled per se, When it comes to the Kardashians, they're just always going to do so no matter what the situation is. And there's also a lot to be said for controlling the narrative, but down the road. So when this inevitably comes out in a couple of months, either again on the show or during an interview, it's going to kind of be a situation where enough time has passed where it's just Kim telling her story. Like it's just Kim telling us what happened. There's no need for multiple statements. There's no need for anybody to clear the air or clarify anything. It's like enough time has passed that it's not as sensitive as an issue that everyone feels like they have to have their input in or that Pete would feel like he would maybe have to respond in any sort of a way because it'll just be so represented by the passage of time. Well, exactly, because regardless of what either of them said now, I would say from now, anytime in the next month or so, it would inevitably 
come with a response from the public that felt like they needed to take sides because either of them saying something would be Kim Kardashian shares her side of the Pete Davidson breakup. Whereas you're right, we wait a few months. Kim's not necessarily sharing her side. She's just giving you the history. She's just telling you what she's been up to for the last few months. So it feels inherently less sided, or I think the public would take it as less sided and more like, oh, we're just being filled in on what transpired. Right. And also Kim waiting to tell her story doesn't feel like taking advantage of the fact that she's more active than Pete is. Whereas like if Kim were to come out straight away, whether it was a statement on social media, which again, I don't really think that she would make or any sort of comment on it, I think that it would come across as like, well, Kim is taking advantage of the fact that like she can tell her story and Pete doesn't really explore those avenues of being able to do so. In a couple of months, when Kim inevitably shares this on the show, it's very much just like, this is what she does. Okay, so as you were just saying that, it kind of got me thinking, because I know on last week's episode, we were speculating on the idea of her releasing a formal statement. And I think that mid-episode, we said to each other, like, wait, don't you kind of feel like she should? Whereas now, that doesn't feel like the reality. Then again, that's because we're processing this in real time. So... (laughs) by the time tomorrow comes, my feelings may change. But if I'm thinking about it right now, as you were saying that, I think the only way she releases a formal statement via Instagram, for example, like let's say a story with typewriter font, is if there's some really, really negative, nasty press about Pete, and she almost feels a responsibility to almost respectfully clarify. That's kind of the only way I could see her doing it in like an Instagram type statement. Yeah, I could really only see her posting something if it was in protection of Pete. I mean, think about the Kanye stuff. It was crazy to us that she posted at the time. We couldn't believe that she was acknowledging it on social media. So of course, if she were to acknowledge this breakup, it would be, to me, I think a million times crazier than that. I think one of the reasons that we're even discussing the possibility of that happening in terms of her acknowledging it so early on or like immediately after the fact is because for us, this relationship was, I mean, and not me and you, I mean, like literally for all of us, this was the craziest media storm that we've had in a while in terms of celebrity relationships. And so for it to just end without any sort of acknowledgement from either of them feels wild to us. Like we spent so much time devoted to this relationship and they knew how big it was in terms of pop culture events. It almost feels like because they never acknowledged the fact of how big this relationship was for all of us, that it never happened in the first place. So I think that as the public, it's crazy. But when you look at the two of them and analyze their behaviors and specifically their behavior on social media, of course they weren't going to post. Right. It's like we want so badly for either one of them to acknowledge how big of a deal the relationship was and then by default how big of a deal the breakup was. But I want to go back to your Kanye point for a second because what you're talking about there is when he was really blasting her on social media and finally she released that Instagram story where she basically cleared her name. And that was shocking to us that Kim ever spoke up in that way. So to go back to what we were saying a few minutes ago where maybe we could see her releasing something like an Instagram story only if it was in defense of Pete, the opposite end of that spectrum is only if it was in defense of herself, because she was never planning on speaking up about Kanye, but he was really coming at her so harshly and attacking her character where she basically felt like, I'm at my wit's end, I have to stand up for myself. I don't see a world in which Pete ever goes on some negative press tour where Kim then has to respond. And you know the argument of, yeah, but what if she just responds to the negative headlines about her? That's never really been her MO. That's kind of not the way that she plays it. So I yeah, I'm like processing this as I'm talking. No, I know exactly what you mean. Like, 
another thought that I was having was like, I think, and this might be really wrong to say, I think part of me wants to like feel that Kim is upset, not because I need the validation of that and not because I need to like know this relationship was real to her and I need to see that she was upset to know that. It's not that at all. It's almost like this voyeuristic thing in me where I'm like, I want to see Kim process this the way that we are. By the way, or process it at all. Right. I guess the thing we kind of have to come to terms with is this is her processing it. Like just jumping right back into the norm of Skims and this Beats collab and her skin office tour and whatever else she's doing in these sexy photo shoots. Like that is Kim Kardashian processing this in real time. It's just not in the way that I guess we dreamed of feels dramatic, but kind of dreamed of. But like, what did we expect that she was going to be crying on Instagram story? Right. And that was never, ever going to happen, obviously. But I will say that part of it is like, I feel like me looking for a reaction in her is me trying to analyze the relationship itself based off the reaction to the breakup. Like, it's sick, but like, I would love to see a photo of like Kim wiping a tear away outside of a store in LA type of thing. I know. And we are never going to get that. I mean, think about one of the only times we got something even remotely similar to that in terms of a paparazzi shot, not something formally on the show, is the photos of her and Kanye in the backseat of that car, I believe on their way to the McDonald's drive-thru when she went to visit him in Wyoming when shit had really hit the fan in their marriage. You know, like, And we have that photo ingrained in our minds because it was so infrequent. But just to go back to your previous point for a second of like, seeing the way someone handles a breakup is very telling about what their relationship was like, which typically I very much agree with. I think the reason that I'm feeling so unanchored almost in all of this is I honestly felt once we got out of that initial shock of like, holy shit, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson are dating, and we started to really warm up to the relationship, I actually felt based on the little bit that they shared, whether it was the behind the scenes Ripley's video or some of her stories or some of the way that, you know, Chris talked about him, we actually got a very good sense of their relationship. You know, we saw the the paparazzi photos of them in Thrifty, for example, and we're like, wow, he's bringing out this side of her. Wow, it seems so playful. We got the hint of him with the kids. And it was almost like we could paint a picture of what their relationship was like. It was seemingly just very chilled out, a lot of laughs. So I started to get on board with what their relationship was like. And now because there's radio silence from the breakup, I'm almost questioning everything that I thought. Yes, that's exactly how I feel. It's almost like I'm looking with Kim for some sort of crack in the foundation. It's like, I don't want you to be upset. I just want to know that you have it in you. Like, I just want to know because it'll be humanizing for me to see you upset about a boy that you had no business dating in the first place. Fucking true. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. 
And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. Do you want to get into some of the responses we got in terms of people's predictions for who they're both going to date next? Oh, I would love to. Okay, there's no perfect way to organize this, but I kind of think the best way to do it is to go back to last week's episode for a second where we basically asked everyone, who do you guys think each of them should date or are going to date next? And starting with Pete, the top responses we got via DM were M. Rada, Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, Angelina Jolie, and Lori Harvey. M. Rada was by far the one said the most. I know we got it so many times, but honestly, here's my question. Is that because people really evaluated both of them as people and what their personalities seem to be and how they seem to be in relationships? And they're like, yeah, they would be a perfect match. Or is it because she's so top of mind since she just broke up with her cheating husband? Oh, definitely because she's so top of mind. I I mean, and that I understand completely how people got there. It makes perfect sense to me that they would have said that based on Emrata's newfound availability. But I don't necessarily think it has to do with personality. Whereas like a lot of people also said Miley. And to me, I'm like, that's a situation where I can see personalities meshing. And we have seen their personalities mesh in the past because they have done things together. You know, on paper, I know Miley makes so much sense. And if you would have asked me a year ago, if Pete would have ever dated Kim, I would have said absolutely not. So like I said, I am 0 for 1. I trust my sense on this 0%. But I just cannot see Miley and Pete for some reason. I, I don't know what it is. I think that they make a lot of sense in theory. But in actuality, I I can't envision it. I could see it. The one that a couple of people said, not a lot, but we definitely saw a few times was Florence Pugh. And that was an answer that I liked. The next one we got second to Miley was Selena. I can't see that. I can't really see that either, but I can't see anyone. I'm really, really struggling. The Kim thing threw me off so much because it made me feel like my evaluation and what I typically go with, which is my gut in like every single scenario, has no direction here. Like I feel entirely unrooted. 
Yeah, I mean, and I don't blame you for feeling that way. I feel that way too. I feel that way though far more about who Kim is going to date next than about who Pete is going to date next. I feel it equally for both of them. Yeah, I mean, I guess for Pete it feels a little bit lower stakes in a way in the sense that, you know, he doesn't have four kids and introducing a new woman to his family is less of a big deal than like bringing someone into the Kardashian family in terms of like, what that means for the person and like what they're opening themselves up to. But I don't know. I mean, the one that I thought of, and I don't even know if she's dating anyone, but honestly, this is really like superficial. It was more so them as a couple looks wise. Alexa Demi. It's not a bad answer. It definitely, I don't know enough about her personality wise because anytime I see her, I just think Maddie. So I like don't know her as a person separate from her character but yeah, I mean, looks-wise, what an amazing couple would that be? For the Lori Harvey one, I was thinking like in a hypothetical world where that were to happen because I feel very similarly to her as I do to Alexa Demi in that, yeah, it makes sense superficially, but I don't know enough about their personalities. Uh, imagine, hypothetically speaking, if Pete Davidson was Steve Harvey's son-in-law. Could you imagine how fucking funny those Thanksgivings would be? Let me tell you something. If that ever happened, she would break his heart. God, talk about a hot couple. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's go through Kim for a second because the top responses we got via DM for Kim were Chris Evans, Jason Momoa, Van Jones, Jason Sudeikis. And then we posted a story of Lewis Hamilton because he was on, I think, the variety cover when I was in Whole Foods. And I was like, holy shit, I'm turned on in Whole Foods. And I posted it to our story. And a lot of people responded like, what about him for Kim? He's kind of short. She likes short guys because we were talking about that last episode. Yeah, I mean, Van Jones to me is the only one on that list that was even – remotely one that I could see but I don't know like th- there's just nobody like there's just no one that I can see and it's not just that Pete threw off my entire perception of what I thought Kim wanted or who I could see her with it was like I couldn't see her with anybody before that she was with Pete and that was earth shattering for me and now I'm back to not being able to see her with anybody The only person that I could see Kim dating, and this isn't an actual suggestion at all because he's in a very, very serious relationship with Adele. Like This is entirely unfeasible. I'm just saying the equivalent of this person is Rich Paul, who for anyone unfamiliar is Adele's boyfriend, and he's a very, very successful sports agent. Like He's LeBron's agent. I mean, ton of money, founded his own group. That's the type of person in terms of like the type of occupation and fame adjacency and connection that I could see her with. But I I don't know enough about that world to even suggest someone. You want to play a really fun game? Mm. Throw logic completely out the window. Like throw marriage out the window, any of that. Like whoever you would pick in this scenario, no, no other factors matter. If you could pick yourself one person for Kim to date, who would you pick? Okay. I want to just clarify the terms of this quickly. Is that okay with you? Sure. Are we factoring in whether or not they have kids and any of that? It's literally just for our own enjoyment. Own enjoyment. It's not logical at all. There doesn't have to be any ounce of thought beyond just like, I would love to see this in a hypothetical world. You want to know who I'm going, honestly? Who? I'm going Brad Pitt. You want to know who I'm going? Yeah. Drake. (gasps) I'm going Drake. I changed my answer. I'm going Drake. Oh my God. It's Drake, right? It's fucking Drake any day of the week. I mean, talk about something that would literally never happen. Like never, ever, ever happen. But that would be. It's unfortunate that it'll never happen, right? 
Like you're almost upset about it. Yes, although honestly, someone else should get that Birkin closet that he has. You know what I mean? Like what he's gonna marry someone that already has their own Birkin closet. I feel like that that's kind of a that that's lost on her. It's lost, except what would you do if they started dating and somebody brought up that question to them in an interview and he said, Of course it doesn't have to go to Kim now. We'll give it to our daughter. <gasps> Could you imagine a world in which Kim and Drake dated? I mean, talk about literally something that would never happen, but holy shit, I could so easily dive into this fantasy world. And then all of a sudden, the same way that she's in Staten Island, she's in Canada, like at his house on that gorgeous fucking marble island. And she posts like a really sexy photo shoot that's done by, you know, her photographer, Pierre, but on his island. No, like literally taking me out or a similar gym type photo shoot that she just posted, but in Drake's gym. Um, no, Julie, my mind. No, no, no. Like my mind, that is hands, hands down. That is the answer. I know people will, some people will disagree, like I'm sure, but for me, hands down, that's the answer. And the cutest pictures of like Saint and Adonis. No, 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 no. In like a little basketball uniforms. Oh my God, no. Okay, so- I agree with you. That's like hands down it. Can we pivot for a second and think of someone else that also probably is entirely not feasible, but not for that reason? Like that's not feasible, I would say, for a lot of reasons, but specifically because of the Kanye element. Like that just isn't going to happen, especially in terms of the way that Kim views loyalty. Who's someone else that still may not happen, but nothing to do with Kanye? Okay. I'm thinking. Can't happen because Mm -hmm. they're married. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would never suggest this as something I would want to happen, but like LeBron. Honestly, I'm going Blake Griffin. I know we kind of mentioned it and still like that's Kendall's ex. It's it's not happening, but I think it's because of the video that you sent me of him that Diplo posted of him DJing. And I just like was reminded how hot I think he is. He's in my like top, top, top. Uh, yeah. Fuck. This is so fun. It's way more fun. When all bets are off, right? Yeah, like, it's just so much more fun to play hypothetical games that are never going to happen. It's like, it's a game. You know what I mean? Like, why does it have to be so serious? Like, why do I have to put thought into a game? I just want to play. You know who would be really, really hot? It's not going to happen, but it would be very hot if it did. Who? Lenny Kravitz. Hot. Hot. Jason Momoa. People said that. That's Chris Evans hot. Like, they're all hot answers. I just, like, can't see them as logical. Chris Jason Evans would be hot. Jason Momoa would be wasted on Kim. She does not appreciate that type of a build. Like, she really doesn't. You cannot be a woman who has spoken so openly about actually liking shorter guys and then get Jason Momoa. I, to me, that's, like, entirely unfair. Do you think it's unfair for Isaac Gonzalez, who's dated Timothy Chalamet, too? Do you, like, feel like that's wasted on her? No, because I I don't know if she's ever spoken about her ideal body type. Like, I don't know. For all I know, Timothy is is the outlier for her. You know what I mean? Like, Kim has said before that she doesn't, like, need that type of body in order to be attracted to. Whereas, like, obviously for me, that's, like, you know how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. No. I know. No, no, no. I can't. I don't know. The thing about Jason Momoa is, like, you're on vacation with him. Let's say in Bora Bora. You spend all day at the beach, whatever. You go back to your room. You're taking like the post-beach shower, which is the best thing in the entire world. And you get out of the shower and like Jason Momoa is in your bed. How do you not like spend five minutes every time being like, whoa, how the fuck did you get here? How are you so big? 
That's exactly what I would do every single time. Who's someone else that's like also a little bit older, like not Kim's age? Like let's think more in the, I don't know, late 40s, early 50s realm. Like a George Clooney would have been the perfect answer, but it was never going to happen. I know. Relationship or not. I know. Fuck, this is fun. Uh, Like a Leo, too old for him though. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, new game if you're listening to this. Can you submit your response? It's like entirely not feasible. There's no bad karma because if you say someone who's married, it's not like you want them to break up with their spouse for Kim. It's like this is entirely hypothetical, fantasy-based. Again, no judgment zone. Just like say it how you feel. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. Okay, we need to get into the Olivia Wilde, Jason Sudeikis situation because I feel like there's been a while since we've had an update and now we finally have one and I would like to discuss it. Are you down for that? Could not be more down. (laughs) Okay, so we need to flash back to April for a second because if you guys remember, April 26th, CinemaCon, Olivia Wilde is on stage presenting about her movie that she directed, Don't Worry Darling, and she is served with custody papers, which was wild. I mean, we had all anticipated when this breakup initially happened between her and Jason Sudeikis that the entire thing would go down very civilly. And then slowly it started to unfold that not only were there rumors about infidelity and Harry came into the mix, then this custody papers thing was huge because there was the question of, did Jason know about this or not? And I think the large public opinion was like, there is no way that the Jason Sudeikis we feel like we know would ever knowingly serve her on stage in such like an embarrassing way. But there was a lot of speculation. So for the first time, she referenced this in her court motions. And she said, quote, Jason's actions were clearly intended to threaten me and catch me off guard. He could have served me discreetly, but instead he chose to serve me in the most aggressive manner possible. The fact that Jason would embarrass me professionally and put our personal conflict on public display in this manner is extremely contrary to our children's best interests. Since Jason has made it clear that we will not be able to work this out for our children's sake outside of the court system, I filed a petition for custody in LA. So basically to catch you up, Jason really wants custody in New York and Olivia wants custody in LA. So Jason now had his own filing where he defended himself, and this is reports by the Daily Mail saying that he did not intend for her to receive the papers on stage, and instead he requested that it be at the airport or at her hotel. So this is what he said in his court filing, quote, 
I did not want service to take place at the home of Olivia's current partner, aka Harry Styles, because Otis and Daisy might be present. I did not want service to take place at the children's school because parents might be present. I understand that the process server had only done her job. However, I deeply regret what happened. Olivia's talk was an important event for Olivia, both professionally and personally, and I am very, very sorry that the incident marred her special moment. This is like fucking crazy, by the way. And it, no, it's crazy. Like when this happened, I thought this was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. If I had to guess what I thought went down, I think that he intended for her to be served at that location because he knew she would be there. I don't think he intended for her to be served on stage. That's kind of what I think, because if you look at what he said, he clearly lists out where he didn't want her to be served. So he doesn't say specifically where he wanted, but this would seem like a legitimate place where he knew she was going to be and there was a way to maybe do it discreetly. The onstage thing is like, holy shit. One of the things involved in this custody proceeding isn't just the LA or New York thing. It's that Olivia had allegedly said to him that she has plans to relocate to London, of course, where Harry is, you know, primarily located, which seems a little bit crazy when you first hear about it. But you also have to remember that Jason Sudeikis spends a lot of time in London as well, because that's where Ted Lasso films. So it's not like a place that's entirely unfamiliar to him or that he wouldn't have access to or that he wouldn't be in often. But in the slight chance that he did want to publicly humiliate her in this way and have her served on stage, I think the idea of relocating to London where her new boyfriend is, her boyfriend being Harry Styles, instead of New York or LA may have been the thing that really put him over the top. Right. And I'm not even disagreeing with that hypothetically. I mean, if there was anything to put someone over the edge, it's maybe the idea that your ex is relocating to be closer to her new boyfriend, Harry Styles, who there is a lot of speculation that she was cheating on you with. And by the way, the kids are coming. Like, I I get it if that's the case. I mean, it still does not excuse if he hypothetically did this. I think the reason that I'm still so confused about the element of her being served publicly on that stage is because even if we're going with that logic where Jason is just so pissed, he's not even thinking clearly. I still think no level of embarrassment that she is caused by that whole situation is worse than how bad he looks for doing it. Like, I still think if that's the case, she comes out on top because who does that? The only thing that I can imagine in that scenario where he purposely did this is that he was willing to take the risk of how potentially bad he could look because he still felt like public favoritism was on his side rather than hers. And then even then taking it a step further that Maybe the idea that she would want to relocate the kids to London would additionally lead to support for him. I don't know. It's kind of a ridiculous point because public support doesn't translate into court support. And therefore, if you're in the middle of a custody battle, you presumably want to act in a way that's going to look the most favorable in the eyes of the court. So it's a flawed logic. But maybe if this did take place and it was purposeful, that... It was more about public opinion than anything else. This is really one of those situations where you have to consciously separate how you view the celebrity to then what the reality of the situation may be. Because like, to me, there's no world in which Jason Sudeikis would ever do this because the Jason Sudeikis that we know is this like loving character on Ted Lasso who accepts award speeches wearing a sweatshirt via Zoom. And like, 
seems to be this very friendly guy and he very well may be. But I also have to consider like, I don't know Jason Sudeikis and technically Olivia knows him a lot better than I do. Then again, I don't know her. I don't know her MO. I can't speak to either one of their characters. You're right. I don't know him, but I feel like you can pick up on someone's vibe seeing them in the public eye enough to know whether or not this is something that they would pull or character witnesses from other people that have worked with him. Like there have really only been very, very kind things to say. And it's not to say that if you're a celebrity who has a really, really good reputation that you're not allowed to screw up or that you're not allowed to do something bad or that you would never do something that was potentially off brand for you. But there's a difference between that and like doing something this low. And I feel like if you're capable of doing something this low, the perception of you and the way that you're viewed is different than the way that we view Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting situation. And it's it's one that I'm very curious to see how it's going to play out. Especially because all of this is going down and Harry Styles is a background character to all of this <laughs> like when like you know it was a crazy thing when you're reading the court documents of his statement and he says that he didn't want her served at her current place of residence which is her boyfriend's home because the kids could be there it's like i wasn't envisioning a scenario in which olivia wilde and harry styles woke up on a saturday morning came down and ate cereal and watch cartoons with her kids or like they came home from school and asked Harry for help with their homework like to me the entire thing was so separate but like that was a moment when I read that where I was like oh this is not separate this is like their lives intertwined like I can't like what is Harry Styles doing in the Olivia Wilde Jason Sudeikis custody divorce drama that's exactly the reaction I had as I was reading the court filing when he says her current partner. Her fucking current partner is Harry Styles. And by the way, if Olivia posted on social in the way that Kim does of her daily life, we would have been in a situation very similarly to when Kim was posting from her living room and you could hear in the background Pete playing with Saint. No different than if Olivia was posting her day to day and in the background you heard Harry playing with Otis. Like that is so crazy. It's really crazy. Can I ask you a question that's a little bit unrelated but still on topic? What do you think of the Florence Pugh rumors with Don't Worry Darling? I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where I'm not educated enough on it to speak intelligently. I I honestly – yeah, like I could see it. If so many people think it, it's not the craziest thing, but I I just don't know enough. Yeah, I think it's a where there's smoke, there's fire situation. And if it was entirely untrue and there was nothing to report on, I think that one of one of them would have said so already. But I don't know what the drama is. That's the part that I don't have thoughts on. I believe that it is very real and it exists in a certain capacity. I don't have any thought as to why it does. Yeah, it's just one of those things that I can't even pretend like I feel that I have a, a credible stance on, you know? Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondering app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. The next thing we just wanted to mention, and I first want to give a trigger warning for abuse and sexual violence. So Discovery Plus has debuted the first trailer for House of Hammer, which is a documentary series that's focused on all of the accusations of abuse against Army Hammer and all of the issues that have surrounded the very wealthy Hammer family for years and years. And so it's set to drop on September 2nd. The trailer is on YouTube. We can put the link in the description. It's about three and a half minutes. Definitely worth a watch. Again, like I said, trigger warning. I mean, it's very, very graphic and sensitive content. But I mean, this really feels like it's going deep because one of the main people featured is Casey Hammer, who's Army's aunt. And direct quote from her, on the outside, we were a perfect family that magnifies succession a million times and it was my family. If you believe about making deals with the devil, the Hammers are top of the totem pole. Every generation of my family has been involved in dark misdeeds and it just gets worse and worse and worse. So it's kind of like two separate things that are combining here, because on one hand, we have all the allegations of abuse against Army Hammer from previous girlfriends or women that have been involved with him sexually. And then in addition, it's his aunt who's kind of giving the really twisted family history and how that ties in. So I I mean, that's definitely something we have to watch. Oh, of course. I am incredibly interested in the background of the family element of this documentary. Of course, all of it is interesting to me. And I'm really like glad that his accusers are getting the chance to really tell their story. But the element of this where it goes back generations and generations and you kind of can see how this took form and shape is so intriguing to me. It's also that this trailer dropped the same week that he was spotted for one of the first times in LA because he was in rehab in Florida for a while and then he was living in the Cayman Islands. Remember, there was the photo of him working as a concierge at that resort. And so just this week, he was spotted out in LA with kind of some new tattoos. I I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, this whole thing is very wild. He's a sicko, this guy. Oh, sick. But what's interesting is that When we spoke about Army Hammer potentially selling timeshares in the Cayman Islands, some people in our DMs were saying like, you know, there always is the possibility that like he is really doing that and he was cut off from his family money and therefore he really does need the work. 
And to me, it'll be interesting if that's true, considering his family history. And then there's a part of me that's like, there's no way that they would cut him off if this has been a continuous pattern of behavior for generations and generations. I am so glad that you just said that because I swear to God, I had that exact same thought process, but I was questioning myself on whether or not it was almost logical because the way that I was kind of thinking about it is like, all right, if the rest of his family for generations and generations were also total you know, sickos and engaging in this kind of twisted behavior, why would his ability to get an inheritance be any different? They'd be used to this. I mean, he's one of them. But I guess the core difference is like, he was the most famous or he was the one that was in the public eye the most. And so it's one thing to be doing these terrible things in secrecy, like if I'm looking at it from their perspective, or it's one thing to bring down the family name because you're doing it while also being such a public figure. That's what it is. If he is being cut off and he is being punished by his family for this, it's because he brought shame to the family name, not because of what he actually did. Right. Again, allegedly, I know we have to say that, like if everything that his aunt is alleging is accurate, then to me, that would be the only way to explain it. It's like the public shame, not necessarily the act. Right. The one other thing that we just wanted to mention, because in tomorrow or Wednesday's episode, whenever we do the Kardashian bonus show, that's when we'll talk about Kylie's birthday and any of the other things we would typically put in the Kardashian recap. But the one other thing we wanted to mention is that Jeanette McCurdy's book came out called I'm Glad My Mom Died. And it's really, I mean, gone pretty viral. It was number four in Amazon's bestseller, number two in memoirs, and the physical copy sold out on Amazon, Target, and Barnes and & Noble. I just want to say, I know there's so much talk about it, and we got a lot of DMs about it. Neither of us have read it yet, which is why we don't want to discuss it yet, but we are going to read it, and then we will be able to discuss it because I, like, from what I'm seeing, I'm blown away by her vulnerability in terms of what she's sharing. Oh my God, it's incredible. And I'm so proud of her for what this book has done. I've never, never seen the internet talk about a book like this before. It's a really, really big deal. I mean, it centers around, and I should give a a trigger warning here for parental abuse. It centers around the abuse that she suffered from her mother, but it also kind of gets into just the inappropriate and manipulative treatment of child stars at Nickelodeon. So there's a lot. And, uh, yeah, she really she really went deep, and that's something that I'm very, very looking forward to reading. I can't wait to read it. I ordered it, and I couldn't get it. I know, which, I mean, how good for her. Like, think about how gratifying that must feel. You finally share all of these secrets that you've kept inside of you in, like, such this vulnerable way. And, and then not only do people believe you, which I think is such a fear when you're releasing something like this that people won't believe you. Not only do they believe you, but they are so like interested in, in, in wanting to celebrate you for sharing it in this way. Like that's kind of best case scenario as an author. Oh, absolutely. And especially for her who I think felt, and she definitely speaks about this in the book and the passages that I've read, but a little bit cheated in terms of her career and really pigeonholed into the type of character she had to play for her to come out and come out with this book and have her career now really open up as a result of that has to be an amazing feeling as well. It is almost like she, I think for so long, she thought that she was either going to be in the public eye in a very specific capacity. And it was one that she didn't necessarily want to be in, or she wasn't going to be in it at all. And now she has found this entirely different avenue that has opened up her name and her story to so many different people in a way that like, 
it wouldn't have if she didn't come out with this book. Like if we didn't get to hear her story, if she didn't write this book that now has become a phenomenon, she would, I think in our eyes, always be like the Nickelodeon girl. No, I know. It's crazy how you can feel such pride and happiness for someone that not only you don't know personally, but also like really never occupied any space in my mind before this. Like she was not a celebrity that I ever really thought of other than iCarly. And all of a sudden she comes kind of on the scene with this book and I feel so invested in like what this must mean for her. You know, it's such a testament to social media because we would have never been exposed to her in this way. Oh, absolutely. Is there anything else that you would like to discuss? I think that's it. Okay, well, we'll see you later this week for the Kardashian bonus show. We'll talk about Kylie's birthday then, don't worry. And that Birkin, holy shit. Oh my God. (laughs) And Isabel and I will see you guys on Friday for Bravo. Thank you so much for listening and for letting us do this. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.